Good evening. This episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you by, you guessed it, Shine Through Window Cleaning. Shine Through Window Cleaning is a family-owned and operated company proudly serving Plymouth and the surrounding area. We treat your home or business like we would treat our own and believe in building our reputation on every job we do. So Shine Through is a lot more than just window cleaning. Shine Through does power washing, they do gutter cleaning, they do full gutter installations, gutter repairs, dryer vent cleaning, pretty much anything you need done as far as cleaning of your house other than cleaning your house or washing your dishes. Uh, shine through can do so you're not a maid service you know you, you won't go in and like clean floors we don't have any maids vacuum. we don't have, we don't have enough lemon pledge okay we need more lemon pledge <laughs> but yeah if you need any of those services no. done this spring be sure to call shine through window cleaning uh the phone number is 781-812-9189 that's 781-812-9189 you can also visit us visit us on the web at shinethroughinc.net that's shine through window cleaning. Shine through. What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. You know my co-hosts by now, or you should at least. I am joined by Andrew. How we doing, guys? And Kat. Howdy, howdy, howdy. We also have special guest Otis in the house, who's being a very good boy at the moment, gnawing on his Nyla bone. Uh, but again, we are America's Hometown Horror Podcast. We have been bringing you some horror podcast and movie news uh, over the last couple of weeks. Thanks for listening, if you are a continued listener. And uh, a big piece of news for us, probably the biggest piece of news that we've had since we started doing this, uh, what's today? Today's the 25th, just over a month ago we started doing this, and we can now officially say that we are a part of the Inebri Art Podcast Network. Woo! That's Wahoo! a good, it's a good get. Good get for us, and sh- uh, for sure. It's also a good get for Inebri Art, because we, uh, we're pretty good. That's yeah. true. Sometimes. Yeah, I think it's about as good of a get for Inebriart as it is uh, for us. Uh, so in case you aren't familiar with Inebriart, so Inebriart is a local company that uh, does various events across Plymouth. A lot of events that you'll see were like, you know, painting while drinking, painting mugs while drinking. Uh, they have a lot of stuff like that on their events page of their website, which is inebriart.com, I believe. Uh, they also have a podcast network, which hosts various local uh, Plymouth-based podcast, and we're proud to say that we're now a part of that. So also on this podcast network with us, you can check out other shows. Uh, obviously, there's the Inebriart podcast hosted by Andy, uh, who was kind enough to have us on his show uh, a couple weeks back. If you if you heard our episode where he interviewed us for his podcast, that one is out there. We'll also be dropping an episode where we chat with Andy uh, about his horror fandom, what he likes, what he doesn't like. Okay. So uh, you've previously heard Andy on our Inebriart interview, which dropped last week. Thanks, Andy, so much for having us. It was a great time hanging out at uh, Mayflower Brewery, having a couple of local craft beers and talking horror with Andy from Inebriart. But in addition to that, on the Inebriart podcast network, excuse me, you can also hear uh, Bar Talk, which is a podcast hosted by Jordan of Speedwell and Carl of New World Tavern, where they have other uh, bartenders from around downtown Plymouth to discuss the bar industry uh, and you know what's going on in the bar scene downtown in Plymouth. In addition to that, you also have Old Colony Cast, which is also hosted by Andy. 
a uh, general news podcast for all things Plymouth. That one's on there. There's also a podcast called Retro Redoctopus, which is a uh, pop culture podcast focusing on 80s and 90s pop culture, video games, movies, TV, from what I've seen so far. Uh, And just a thank you to Andy and the rest of the guys on Inebriart who have been so supportive of us pretty much right from when we started. Yes, thank Uh, you very much. Yeah, it's been great. It's great to have such awesome support from some other local people and know that there are other people out there interested in podcasting while we're out there. So we're excited to be part of the Inebriart Inebriart Podcast Network. Happy to be there. uh, And you'll hear a bumper at the end of the episode from Andy talking about the other shows. And you can find us on their website as well. Now, with that being said, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, We've done movies, our previous six episodes. We're going to do something a little bit different as we're a Plymouth-based podcast. We kind of just talked about that. America's hometown. America's hometown. And uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different outside of movies. Yeah, there's still going to be movies that we cover. There's going to be TV shows we cover, books, all of that. But there's other things too. So we're going to talk about some paranormal stuff local to Plymouth. But before we get into that, uh, obviously we always touch on what we've been watching, reading, you know, what's new in the horror world. Uh, so I think the first thing and, and that we've all kind of seen and talked about a little bit uh, outside of the podcast is The Outsider. So as of this recording, there have been three episodes of The Outsider. And Kat, I know you really want to talk about this, so why don't you go first? Okay, so... You've been bothering me to watch the show for a while now, and I wasn't really sure what it was about, because, no offense, but I'm not always totally set on everything that you want to watch, but, you know, I watched the trailer, and I was like, this sounds interesting. I didn't know that it was, like, a Stephen King thing, or that it was, uh, I, I didn't know. I had no idea. Well, we you also, just say, hey, let's watch The Outsider. I'm like, what is that? We like, also we also <laughs> talked about the trailer on our very first podcast about Krampus. That was one of the first things we that we did? talked about. We did? Way uh, back well, uh, in mid-December. Ago. How yeah. do I remember that? It seems like so long ago, and we were all pretty, uh, speaking yeah. of inebriate, pretty inebriated <laughs> when we were all talking about that. But yeah, um, that is true. So, I think that it's way more interesting than I uh, anticipated it was going to be. Um, I think the random person that you see, that weird, you don't really know what it is yet. And like, I haven't read the book, so the I'm kind the of, yes, the guy in the hoodie is, uh, quite interesting because you don't know who he is and like they pin everything. Oh my gosh. When I saw Jason Bateman at first, I was like, oh, Jason Bateman's in this nice. And then, um, you know, he doesn't really last in but there But he directs the show. So I feel like that was intentional. He probably yeah. didn't want to have too big of a part in the show yeah, if I he was going to be directing it. So I get where he's coming from. It's still an amazing show. The first three episodes were fantastic, in my opinion. Um, I still think, I'm trying to figure out, I always try to figure out what it is. And yeah. I'm like, is Stephen King? I'm like, is it a shapeshifter? I'm still set on it's a shapeshifter. I, th- I think so, too. That takes over certain people. Well, and there's two other people in my office that are watching that show, too. So it's not even like, it's a popular show. It's on show. HBO. It's yeah. going to be a popular show. Well, this is a big this is a big deal because, so HBO has, you know, had a bunch of awesome shows that have been on for a long time, but they've never really dove headfirst into the horror genre before. And while The Outsider isn't Stephen King's biggest, you know, full-on horror novel, I've read it. Uh, it's spooky. There's some supernatural stuff going on. Uh, so I, you know, know how, according to the book, it goes, you know, obviously there's been a few things in here they've taken some liberties with, and there's some stuff that's not in the book. So I'm interested to see where those go, 
But uh, I really enjoyed the book. It was a cool read, good characters. And I know from when we first started talking about this, the best way I can describe it, if you haven't heard of it or watched it yet, it almost is like if Stephen King wrote a season of True Detective. That's immediately what I thought. It was like first season, like Ben Mendelsohn reminds me of McConaughey in the first season of True Detective. Mm -hmm. He's done a phenomenal job so far in this series, and I can't wait. I just like saying his name, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. (laughs) He's always good. And he's very good in this. Bateman's good in this. He also directs. Uh, so definitely check out The Outsider if you have HBO, if you haven't done so yet. Um, anyone else have anything that they've watched that they want to talk about? I have a couple things that I want to talk about Why don't you based first, on some Mike? listener requests. All right, I'll go first. So one of our listeners, uh, I'll leave him nameless at this point. I didn't you know, even know we had listeners. We do have some listeners. Impressive. Uh, we have listeners, according to uh, our podcast distribution system, all around the world. Argentina, Chile, some in Europe. It's crazy. Pretty wild. Un- un- unbelievable. So I mean, that's America? not too surprising. They probably can't understand anything we're saying. So they're like, oh, yeah, well, there could be people that speak like English. To and... fall asleep to. They're like, oh, these people are mumbling on what? about nonsense. What? Well, you're the mumbler. <laughs> the mumbler. I'm Mr. Mumbler. Yes, you are. That's that's you. True. <laughs> True. But if you are one of those listeners in any of these foreign countries and you are listening, thanks so much for the support and keep doing what you're doing out there. Have a blast, listen to our podcast, and check out our recommendations. Um, so one of our listeners, you know, in our description on all of our social media pages and even on you know our podcast pages on whatever platform you're listening, it says one of the descriptions is books. As a lone reader on the podcast, I wanted to uh, point out a couple of book recommendations. You love saying lone reader. Well, you've, you've also pointed out that you guys don't read. So. I feel like you think you're better than us because mm. you do read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really don't. I don't know. I, I, really get the, I get that. I think you think you're better than me. Oh, I'm no better, better than, than anybody. <laughs> but I wanted to give a couple of book recommendations if you are a reader and a listener to, of this podcast. So some of the books that I've read over the last year. Uh, so I recently was in Barnes and Noble. I picked up a couple of things. There's still Barnes and Noble. There are. Mm-hmm. I thought they closed those there places because uh, nobody reads. There's only there's a few. Yeah, there's yeah, only there's a, a few. couple like kind of nearby. Yeah, close. There's one. There's one in Hyannis at the Cape Cod Mall. Uh, there's one uh, in Hingham. Hingham. There's one at the Braintree. Braintree. Yeah. yeah. So, if you're awesome. a nerd and you still go to a bookstore like I do, uh, I happened to be in one earlier this week and I picked up a couple of things. So without getting into spoilers, he also goes to the library. I also go to the library because <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> It's okay. No, libraries, I like, the library has a lot of stuff that you don't think you're going to get. Like, I mean, they have CDs, DVDs, like, when you used to burn CDs, you can go to the library and rent them for nothing and then burn them on your, oh my god, that was the best thing ever. That's the first place I found the cartoon version of The Hobbit was at the library, yeah. Interesting. Which is amazing, by the way. If you haven't seen it, eh, you probably should. The Hobbit? You know who voices The Hobbit in that movie? I've only seen the Have you the seen The Burbs? Actual Hobbit, have you ever not seen The, the Burbs? No. Burbs? Mike? No. Have you ever seen The Burbs with nope. Tom Hanks? No. It's like a... Eh, it's... Yeah. I'm trying to think cool? of it. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> it's almost like a, a naked gun version of like horror in a suburban area where... There's something the neighbors move in. It's like a just like a and they're terrible neighbors, and you're like, ah. yeah, exactly. But <laughs> the guy um, who lives in the house that they moved into, that everyone's scared of these neighbors. They're like these guys are freaks, blah blah blah. He's um, this weird little gremlin-looking person, 
and uh, he actually voiced Gollum in the cartoon oh, version yeah. of The Hobbit. And he's like, the doctor! <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's good. All right, so I was uh, at Barnes & Noble, like a nerd, and we talked a couple weeks ago about Underwater, uh, which I really liked, my co-host not so much. We also talked about the HP right. Lovecraft connections in that movie. You did. I did. <laughs> At Barnes & Noble, they have the complete collected works of H.P. Lovecraft for $7. Huge, thick-ass book. I picked that up uh, because I admittedly have not read a lot of Lovecraft. I've only read a few of the stories and I want to read more, so I picked that up. That's available. I recommend checking that out. I also picked up, and this is, uh, I know this was made into a movie, I think back in the, you know, 2012, 2013. Uh, John Dies at the End. Oh, awesome yeah. movie. Never seen the movie. James, uh, uh, what the, no. I know Paul Giamatti's Paul in it. Paul Giamatti's in it. He's yep. awesome. I can't remember anybody else. That movie's awesome. Very so, underrated. Cult classic. I will, I will be watching the movie, but there is a re-released 2020 edition where the author has a new prologue and epilogue, and there's new prologues and epilogues from the main characters. It's also, logs. it's a trilogy. So I didn't know any of this. <laughs> I saw the new released edition in, at Barnes & Noble, so I picked it up. I started reading it. I'm about a third of the way through it. And it's really funny. It's got a lot of monsters in it. It's pretty cool. I would recommend checking it out. If you haven't seen the movie or if you've never read any of these books, which I would imagine a lot of people haven't, worth your time and worth checking this is, out. This is a movie, Mike, I think you would absolutely love. I'm sure I will, and I, I can't wait to watch it. I, I don't know how it slipped you know, slipped past me. But a couple other books that I read over the last year, uh, probably the best one that I read was called The Hunger, which is by Al Makatsu. This is a... A historical fiction work that talks about basically a supernatural retelling of the Donner Party excursion. So if you know what that is, obviously they were settlers heading out west that got trapped in the mountains uh, and resorted to cannibalism to survive. This is a retelling of that with actual characters that were on the excava- uh, excursion. excuse me. And there's a supernatural element to it, which I won't spoil. That was the best book that I read over the last year. In addition to that, uh, I don't think it's been any secret, my love for Anthony Bourdain. So we, I, I found a, a graphic novel that he wrote called Hungry Ghosts, which it's a horror graphic novel. It's a bunch of short stories. Uh, that's excellent. If you don't really like to read and you like artwork, and it's a quick read, I think I read it in about, I don't know, less than an hour. It's really good. Check that one out. Uh, local author, who is a huge name in the horror fiction scene right now is Paul Tremblay. So Paul Tremblay has a number of books that are out. He, some of his works are going to be adapted into movies soon. And the one that I read last year was called The Cabin at the End of the World, which is a apocalyptic type story where it's uh, a guy and his husband with their adopted daughter. They go to this secluded cabin and it's almost like a home invasion thriller type thing with some supernatural apocalyptic, apocalyptic elements. I really like that. Uh, so that's The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. Also read The Outsider, which we just talked about. Yep. Very good book. Last one I'll talk about really quick is a book called Lovecraft Country, which is by Matt. I'll look it up. I forget his name. I apologize. That cover looks nice. Is that the one you have upstairs? Uh, no, so it's a different one. So Lovecraft Country is actually going to be uh, ad- adapted into an- another HBO horror series that that's produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. So this is going to be dropping uh, dropping later this year. And basically the premise is, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, as good of an author as he was and as scary as some of his stories, as, 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 as lasting as they've been, 
he did have some problematic elements uh, in his writing. He was a known anti-Semite. He was a known racist. Was he an anti-dentite? He was an anti-dentite as well. He's a rabid anti-dentite. Next thing you know, you'll be saying they have their own schools. That's a Seinfeld reference. They do have their own Just schools. It's all a Seinfeld effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the premise of this novel is it's a guy, his name is Atticus, and he is traveling to find his dad. Like Atticus Finch? Mm, kind of. Yeah. Kind, kind of. of. Uh, Matt Ruff is the name of the author of Lovecraft Country. Ruff. I just had to look it up. Ruff. Ruff. Like R-U-F-F. So it's basically three nice characters traveling Jeffrey. across Jim Crow America. And in addition to the KKK and racist, you know, everyday people, they're also uncover- uh, excuse me, encountering excuse me. Lovecraftian <laughs> creatures. So there's, you know, all kinds of tentacle monsters. It's just a wacky book, and it's a number of short stories set within that universe. And that, as I mentioned, is going to be on HBO uh, later this you know year. You would be a really scary monster? You have tentacle monsters. Mm-hmm. What about a testicle monster? Testicle monster? Wait, oh my God. save the monsters from the my creep of the week. hooded cobra. Stop it. <laughs> so, uh, this is... <laughs> Kat, you just mentioned it, and I also talked about we're going to be doing some different things this episode. Yes. Kat came up with the idea for a segment that I really like. And it's called Cat's Creep of the Week. Yes. And Cat, I'll let you talk about it and what your Creep of the Week is going to be. So, I came up with this um, as a kind of sideshow. Like, I'm Sideshow Bob on... The Simpsons. <laughs> the Simpsons. You kind of look like him. Oh, you're so... Ouch. Oh, Andrew. Ah. Um. <laughs> oh, I threw you off your... You did. You threw me off. I was off track. So I came up with Creep of the Week because I thought it would be fun to have some sort of, you know, like weekly thing that you kind of look forward to or eventually on the website it will be on our blog and I'll have Cat's Creep of the Week and I can't even mention it on the podcast, but it will go in detail, I would think, in our blog. I'm going to blog a little bit more about this. So when you say so, when you say Creep of the Week... What do you mean? What's a creep of the week? Um, my creep of the week, I, you know, I'm kind of the wild card here, so I'll say it can really be anything. It could be someone that I walk by on the street. It could be some sort of thought that I had. It could be a nightmare. I actually had a terrible nightmare this week about lightning. And actually, I was talking to one of my coworkers about my about this podcast, and I was saying things that scare us. And like one of the ideas we had for a podcast, which we still may do at some point, is different phobias for people. And she said, you know, I'm really scared of lightning. And so I think even that night or even the night after I had this crazy dream of weather and lightning and this lightning that just like hit the ground and like lit up the sky. It was nuts. But your now fear, I'm getting your, way your, off track. Your fear of weather is well documented on previous podcasts. <laughs> I know, I know. You know yep. your odds I know. of getting struck by lightning are like... I understand. This, no. This you are more totally likely to get different... hit by lightning than you are to be attacked by a shark though. That makes so me feel So both better. of her fears are irrational. Um, and also local, because I live amongst oh, a ton fear, of trees, and I live on the water. This is also rational. <laughs> no, that's... there's no monsters oh, It's a closet attic crawl. It's very specific. It's not just crawl. It's okay. just All right. the attic. So, so generally something <clears throat> that you find creepy each week. Something I find creepy every week, in any right. sort of way. It doesn't necessarily have to have a definition to Could it. Could be some it's homeless be... guy walking down the street. 
I mean, you'd hope not, because I feel bad for him. So I don't know if I'd necessarily call him. Him? I didn't know there was only him, one of them. Her. I mean, I. You don't want to assume the homeless person. I'm gender. not gonna. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean could to be assume a, dog, a gender. Too. I know it could be a dog. Oh a my god, I feel so bad for a dog. Yeah, he'd go in my car you would and I would feel take way him home. Worse and Otis would have a new for a homeless friend. dog than a homeless person, <laughs> wouldn't you? Because um, you're a terrible person. Well, what is an animal gonna do? I mean, they can't even. If I don't know, I. Never. We shouldn't talk about this. We should so, just get on to the creep of the week. <laughs> yes. Come on. Yes. So what so, is what is your first creep of the week? My first creep of the week is a shark with legs. First off, <laughs> that is my creep of the week. So to preface that, to preface that, we were at Captain's Den earlier this week, um, playing Big Buck Hunter and having a couple of drinks. Which is what we do best. And I'm getting better at Buck Hunter, which is, you know, you important that I can start to hold my own against the boys. And Hold um, your own. You got smushed. I am doing better though. I'm yeah, I'm if doing you were better. Playing a dog at Buck Hunter, you might Okay, win. but you play like way more than I do. Like I don't go down there nearly as much as you guys do. But so, um, you mentioned something. Oh, we talked about things that scare us, and they said, "I think Mike, did you say that?" Somehow the it question was came up: what, what, what that does not have it? legs would be yeah. scarier with legs. Yeah, what would be scarier with legs on it? And so we mentioned. We, I, I think I said like a snake, a worm, you know, and one of us said a shark, and there you go. So if you Google shark with legs, they don't you have will, legs. No, I know they don't have legs. They're using no, I'm their saying fins to walk. Okay, just so we know, no. there's no legs on any shark. They're, They're slowly bush. evolving <laughs> to walk on their fins, and get, not... uh, they also are more common in areas with less water. That's, that's so incorrect. So there's so less oxygen. That's not incorrect. They no. don't have legs. My creep, They're though, is if you Google shark with legs, you and all, and you look at the pictures, pictures the don't... weird pictures. Those aren't real, though. Yeah, they're real. What do you mean they're not real? They're on what? the internet. Everything on the internet's real. Duh. You're insane. <laughs> None of that is real. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that great white shark with human legs walking around yes, is real. Yes, that's no. why it's creepy because no. all those pictures, if you Google shark with legs, all of those pictures there are, are creepy. There are sharks that are evolving. What kind of shark, though? Is it like a sand shark? I mean, is a great they're, white evolving sh- with no, legs? No, they're sharks that you have no worry about. They're... Small, they're maybe. I'm like, two so feet am I gonna go? They're not gonna do anything to you, but they've they're walking on their fins mm-hmm. under the water. So like more like a seal. They're slowly evolving. Seal like sharks. Do seals walk? Are they on eating legs? that many seals that they? Yeah, they do the like oh 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 thing. You know, like is that? It's not gotten to that point yet. They're well, they, not on they land. waddle. You've seen seals. No, move. I know, but they're not at that point yet where they're walking on land, going art art art. They're under the water. They're, they're more I like bottom dwellers. Yeah. They're bottom dwellers. Yeah, but they can't get up on... They can't even breathe above water. They're, they're getting to the point where they can take in less and less oxygen through the water. So that there's it's a whole fucking story. You All can right. read about it. It's I'm probably hundreds it, and hundreds of years away from that being an actual fear. But eventually, eventually, if the world is still here, there could be a point in time where there are sharks walking on fins. They'd be no bigger than an iguana. Okay. So we can all handle iguanas, right? Uh, I think uh, so. I like like on you me. You smash it with a rock. It's oh dead. my god! Why would you say that? They do that smash in Florida. It with a rock? That's literally what they do no, in Florida. No, I'm not. They doing, have an I'm not overpopulation an iguana with a rock. of iguanas 
in Florida that you're allowed to just uh, murder iguanas. No, I'm not going to murder. Like, do you murder it and eat it? Like, is there a purpose? Do you to, stomp like... on a spider? No, I do. If I see a spider, I just take a little tissue paper and I just. Um... That's a lie. You, you call it? you call so, Mike well, to come squish him with a piece of tissue paper. How big it is? How big it and is? And half the time when you tell me to squish them, I just pick them up and I put them somewhere else because they're good bugs and they eat all the bad bugs. Last time I checked, if the spiders were humans and we were spiders, that spider would be like, "I'm not fucking with this thing." <sighs> the weird creature. Like, well, it's not dead. like the you're Harry gone. Potter spider. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Harry Potter spider. The Harry Potter spider the or the big um... spider, the big big one. You guys don't watch. Isn't that like Lord of the Rings spider? No, it's Harry. Harry Potter. We were stuck on the ride in Harry Potter in the ride in Universal, Universal and yeah. there was a big spider there. It's this I know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so first creep of the week is a the creepy picture of a legs. shark on legs. So Google shark with legs and you'll understand the creep of the week. I'm also mm-hmm. going to post that on the blog even though the website hasn't so launched yet. So creep of the week isn't necessarily a real thing. It's just it's, some made up. You know what? It's my corner. Fantasy. It's my like area. So I can it's find like, whatever I want. It's like you're, in her defense, a lot of the things that we talk about in general are made up movies. Right. Uh, so, so it's like a monster, but even scarier because it can come and get you on the beach. So we can be on long beach and all of a sudden you're going to see this like seal shark coming up being like, but I mean, if you, can't get away, <laughs> if you can't get away from that, then you should be eaten by that. Creep of the week. Well, maybe you can make your own creep of the week, or maybe like your so. own. Yeah, An- it would be Andrew's called cat corner. Andrew's art cat corner. Creep of the week. No, me. Yeah, you're the biggest creep I know. <laughs> Great. So then you can just forward all of your, you know, you followers know to me. Having, yeah, you just figure it out. Well, if you uh, if you are listening to this and you do find a picture of a shark uh, on walking on legs, feel free to tweet it at cat. Yeah. Cat's gonna. Feel free to tweet a bunch of pictures of this. She's going to paint them. She's going to draw them. Paint them. She's going to put them on the website. Nobody got time for that. You got time for that. You were talking about that the other day. I could. I could draw a picture of the scary shark. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. put it on the website. I could do that. We have a website, right? What's our website? Um, Not yet. Nope. It's launching at the end of the month. End of the month. Why is this taking so long? It's January. I don't have my Fitbit on, so what? Uh, 25th. 25th. So, um. You got five days. By February. I got Six days. It's mm-hmm. You can see Cat's Creep of the Week. You can read some of my nonsensical short stories slash yep. poems. You can see Mike's um, ramblings about, uh, about movies, TV. Movies. He's going to have a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. writing on there. Mike loves to talk about stuff. So he's going to be um, he's going to be on there a lot. Just check it out. Yeah. Cool. Just and this putting, has been. Just putting pressure on you, Mike. Uh, no of course. And this has been uh, the first edition of Cat's Creep of the Week. All right, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we wanted to do something a little bit different here. We've uh, done the most, the majority of our episodes so far on movies. We've talked about movie trailers. We've talked about TV shows. But we're a Plymouth-based podcast. We're local, and the history of this town is something that is very interesting and something that we wanted to talk about. Now, if you don't know, Plymouth is coming up on its 400th anniversary so the 2020 celebration is something that's technically going on for the entire year of 2020 yeah but this summer and spring when when the weather gets nice is really when we're going to see an influx of people and tourists that are going to be celebrating this 400th anniversary of plymouth now lots of stuff going on yeah we're we're all residents we normally get according to uh forbes i saw we normally get over one and a half million visitors every year into plymouth which already is a lot, and it's the biggest town in Massachusetts. I remember last year people asking me, like, where the Mayflower is, and I'm like, 
Yeah, it's uh, getting it's uh, refurbished. Yeah, uh, so sorry if you came from really Isn't far away to see Mystic? it. But, it uh, I think it's in Mystic. It was. Yeah. I think it was down in Virginia for a while, but it's coming back in May. I think I heard. Yeah. So the Mayflower will be back. It's going to be a gigantic 400th anniversary celebration. You know, around the Fourth of July. If you're here in the summer, it's going to be a nightmare. In terms of tourists. But it'll be fun, too. It'll be fun, but for us as residents, it's just going to be a pain in the ass to get everywhere. But there'll be a lot of fun stuff going on. So, yeah. I mean, it will yeah. be a fun year. Of course. And so I thought it would be fun, you know, if you've never been to Plymouth before, you know, if you're a local listener, you've probably been here. But if you're listening from somewhere else and you've never been to Plymouth, maybe 2020 is the year that you finally get here. And yep. the 400th anniversary and you want to check Plymouth out. So, as I mentioned, there's a lot of history here. A lot of haunted places here. Uh, being 400 years old, I think that's bound to happen. So I wanted to frame this conversation as more of a haunted Plymouth bar crawl. All right. So if you were a tourist coming in here, where would you go to get drinks, walk around, and look at some haunted shit? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through a couple of different places that we see at least once a week. Sounds good. I'm excited. Multiple times a week. Yeah. And just kind of go from there. Let's crawl. Sound good? Yep. I think that's a good point, and I think we should start off with where should you stay in Plymouth if you want that full-on haunted vibe from it. So, we'll get more to this place later, but I think probably the most popular Plymouth uh, hotel, which is it's right downtown, is the John Carver Inn. Less than two miles from our house? Less than two miles from our house. Uh, it's a really cool-looking hotel. There's a couple of bars and restaurants in there. They have an awesome pool with an 80-foot replica of the Mayflower with a huge water slide. I heard slide. they have a rock hot tub. I'm sure they probably do. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Never stayed there. Been in there a couple of times. I would say I would recommend staying there. Uh, there's also a nice hotel right down the street from our house across from CVS. I forget what it's called. Oh, it just changed names. Just changed names. It was the Comfort Inn, but now it's the Plymouth something. Plymouth something. And there's another one off exit 5 uh, right by, what's the Hibachi place there? The oh, Hilton? there's a Hilton there, and then there, there's a bunch of hotels. Oh, there's a place. There. There's a place by Colony 16, Place now. Well, it used yeah. to be the Radisson, but now it's a 1620 hotel. Which is nice. The Bradford's getting the renovated Bradford's done to be too many people something... jumped off the ledge and stuff there. <laughs> no, so. no, no. But it's no, it's getting renovated. It's going to be this whole other market and like yeah. condos, which condos are probably up everywhere. Which is, I mean, good for the town, but. It's there's so much construction. I mean that I blue building that's been downtown has been there for total eyesore. Yeah. Yeah, total eyesore. But let's say you're one of these tourists, you're coming to Plymouth, you want to experience the whole thing. My first recommendation if you're here in the spring of the summer is to go to the beach. Best beach in Plymouth is Long Beach. Uh, Long Beach is right off three A, five minutes from downtown. If you're uh, if you're a boat owner, what is 3A? 3A Warren Ave down, so like if yeah. you, Main Street, it's Main Street and Court Street turns yeah, into it goes 3A. all the way down to the cave. I'm aware yeah. of what it is, but for the visitors. Yes. Oh, I'm like, how many visitors <laughs> Sorry. Three? I'm like, you don't know what 3A is. We have to, you have to talk to people like they're not I get us. It, yes. We all okay. know what 3A is. 3A, 3A runs down the south shore off of the highway. Pretty much you can take it the entire way down to the cape if you wanted to. But, uh, so Court Street downtown turns into Warren Ave, which is also 3A, and right off of that... It's also a Plymouth Plantation, is off Warren Ave. That's correct. Uh, so Long Beach is off there. So if you want to spend a nice little day at the beach, or if you happen to own a boat, you can take your boat out too. And if you're listening, if you have a boat and you're listening to this, what's up guys? Hey, take us out in your boat. Yeah. 
Uh, we can do a podcast I, yeah, live. Yeah, we can your, do a podcast from yeah, the if you're, boat. If you're a boat if you owner, supply beers. We'll you be listen good. to this. We'll we'll give you a free podcast on the boat. But uh, off of Long Beach, there is a sandbar known as Brown's Bank. A very widely known. Very sandbar. widely known, and people that have boats, they go out there. It's they have into a, a gigantic sandbar, and they have once, a bash every yeah, year. Yeah, at the end of every summer, they have a gigantic party where they actually bring a stage out with like a band, music, yeah. and you know all kinds of people just partying. So. It's really cool. I've never been there personally, but this is supposedly one of the most haunted places in Plymouth, which I never knew. Most haunted? In Plymouth yes. is Brown's Bank. One, one of the most. Wow. So, reason being, uh, back in 1778, there was another blizzard, not the blizzard of 1978, but the, it's called the Christmas Blizzard of 1778, and there was a ship in Plymouth Harbor called the Brigantine General Arnold. This ship was transporting rum, and during this blizzard, the wa- the shallow water in Plymouth Harbor froze, and this boat got stuck there for three days. Uh, the townspeople, according to history, this is a fact, this is not legend, townspeople could hear screams from the crewmen on the ship from the shore. Oh, that's awful. Because they were trapped there, just like the terror when we watched the first season mm-hmm. when they were stuck in the north, the Northwest Passage. Northwest Passage, yeah. So the ship got stuck there. Town people could hear them. The captain of the ship, his name was James McGee, and he was actually one of the only survivors of this tragedy. Why didn't they just get off the boat and walk to land on the frozen surface? I don't know. I don't think at that point the ice was stable enough. I'm not entirely sure. But they were trapped there for three days. So since they were transporting rum... Uh, the sailors actually wanted to try and drink all the rum to, uh, yeah, to numb the pain <laughs> and, and stay warm. And That's what I would have said. Yeah, so right? <laughs> you'd think, right, that if you drink, it keeps you a little bit warmer, but it actually does the opposite to your body. So Ooh. the captain was trying to dissuade them from drinking all the rum on captain board. Captain Buzzkill. <laughs> a lot of them continued to do that, and 70 men died on that ship in those three days being trapped in Plymouth Harbor. 70 men? 70 of the crew members, I'm assuming they're all men. So nobody cares. Back then, it was probably oh, all men. Because they were men. Nobody cares. I think people care. I mean, that's still a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, no matter if they're I know what you're women, saying, but I, I mean... think, I think this, this was a big deal back then. 70 white men died on a boat. <laughs> 70 cares. pilgrims. Oh, shit. And uh, so once the blizzard was over, residents of Plymouth at that time, the ice was frozen enough that they were able to walk out to the ship and remove some of these bodies, which were frozen solid. They brought all 70 of those bodies over to the 1749 courthouse, which is on Court Street, Main Street, downtown Plymouth. And they had the post office. The post office now, I believe. And they had to wait a couple of days for these bodies to actually thaw out so that they were able to bury them because they were all frozen in various positions. All of these crew members were buried at the Burial Hill Cemetery, which is just nearby, right across the street. And legend has it that if you are out by Brown's Bank, so I'm assuming you'd have to be on a boat for this, well, yeah. you can hear screams of the dying crew members from that ship. And also, supposedly, if you're by the courthouse, you can see faces in the windows along with knocking. You can hear knocking from Wait, the inside of the courthouse. Wait, you can see faces from where? Through the windows of the courthouse. Okay, from Brown's Bank? How no, 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 no. Separate from Brown's Bank. Okay, so you just like stand on the other side of the street of the post office and you can see faces? So Brown's Bank is haunted, 
All the bodies were removed from Brown's bank yeah. and the ship and taken to the 1749 courthouse. Okay. Supposedly, the 1749 courthouse is also haunted by these people as well. Okay. People that have walked by have reported seeing faces, ghostly oh, faces. Walking from the, by. Walking by from the outside, seeing people on the inside. They've so also heard that. phantom knocking on the windows oh. of that courthouse. Like inside when you're in the post office? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creepy. Like, I'm trying to mail this letter. What is that knocking? Sound? Yeah. Yeah. So this was a, I thought this was, you know, I, I know obviously we live in a very old place and there's obviously bound to be some haunted stories, but I didn't realize there was a story that that was, that was that fucked up. That's pretty messed up. And it yeah. reminded me, we talked about the terror. It's pretty wild. First season of the show on AMC where it's essentially the British members of the British Navy that are trying to cut through the Northwest Passage to get, uh, to get to Asia and they get stuck there. And that kind of reminded me of that. Even though they were only a mile offshore, they was the, uh, the storm was that bad that they all froze to death. And it's just really uh, a scary thing. And the the Brigantine General Arnold Memorial, which is in Burial Hill Cemetery. Oh, there is? We'll talk about that a little bit more. We should go there. That is one of the most popular things that people visit when they go to that cemetery. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. I mean, yeah. we've been up at Burial Hill, so that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, you're on the beach. Check that out. Think about that. That's creepy. Makes you think twice about going in the water. Yeah, I mean, we've we've walked down to, mm-hmm. like, where you can see Brown's Bank, so that's yeah. interesting. Very so interesting. your next step, so you leave the beach, and... Oh, wait, so wait, where are we going at the beach? Did we already talk about this? So you leave the beach. No, wait, no, not leave the beach. When you're at the beach, what do you get for a drink? Oh, you gotta go to Sandy's. When you leave the beach, that. you come off the beach... <laughs> And you go to Sandy's. Yeah, which is on Long Beach. But before you get to Long Beach, you pass Sandy's. When you come off of the beach physically <laughs> and you're looking to go to a place that's but you have to, on Long Beach. Wait, but you have to pass Sandy's to get to Long you Beach. You do. You do drive by it to get to the parking that's lot. That's what I'm saying. It's there, but your last stop after you go to the beach, enjoy after the day After you go the to the beach, you enjoy the, the day, then you go to that Sandy's. Fun stuff, and you figure I'm a little bit parched. I need a, Fair. I need need a, a beverage. beverage. I need Fair. a frozen drink. You need a dirty need banana. a beverage. So if it's summertime, go to Sandy's at Long Beach. Sandy's is a nice little uh, clam shack with a full bar right on the beach. We were there a couple summers ago. We saw some whales. We've seen sharks there yeah. before. We've seen seals, seals there before. Oh, it's a stuff. really awesome it's beach. Fun. But it's a fun place to go to grab a drink. My friend Katie likes a dirty banana. Go there and get a dirty <laughs> banana. It's a very, very strong frozen drink They're with del- a rum floater. And get, and get some fried clams. Get some like fried clams, out. get some fries, oh gosh, get some onion so rings, fun. get a burger, get a hot dog. But I would caution you, no more than two dirty bananas. Yep. Because well, they will. Enough. Unless you're getting an Uber. You w- They will knock you on your fucking Two's ass. Two's enough, three's too many. All That's right. usually my go-to. Yes. So now, when you're ready to leave the beach and Sandy's, I would recommend starting downtown on Water Street. Now, there's a couple of popular places down there. Uh, the first one being Plymouth Rock, which is fake. It's not the rock that the Plym- the Pilgrims actually touched down on. Uh, I don't think anybody actually thinks that, but it's not, just and in case really you did. It's not really a rock. It's, it's kind not really of a, a rock. It's, it's fake. like a pebble. It's not really that big. There's a uh, Plymouth, Plymouth Rangers station there every day for Rock Talk, where they yep. talk about the history of the rock. Uh, you can just skip it. And I would recommend... <laughs> you walk by it and it will be yeah, enough. There'll be enough people don't there, go there and you'll there say, it's a rock, for... it's cool. It says 16, 1620. Yeah. Don't go there solely to go to the rock. Like, have other plans. Like, the rock just takes two seconds. You go, you see it, you're like, okay, that's enough. I'm good. Like... <laughs> walk about 50 yards up the street and go to the Pillory Pub. Now, this place is seasonal. 
but it is one of our favorite places. I love the Pillory. It's right on the water. It has those big open windows. They have rocking chairs in front of them, so if it's nice, you can sit there. You can look at the harbor. It's awesome. They They have have delicious hot dogs. Delicious hot dogs and soups. They have a huge selection of craft beer. I think they have like 20 taps. Yeah, they have a lot. A huge number of cans and bottles. But if you're really looking to turn shit up, you want to get... Trash it up. You want to get a trash can. Now, (laughs) what is a trash can, you may be asking. I prefer a tropical trash can. Tropical trash can is the way to go. That's correct. She did. A trash can is essentially a Long Island iced tea with blue curacao that they stick a Red Bull on top of and float it. The can, mind you, not just the Red Bull. The whole thing. The whole thing. The whole can. Uh, almost like a, a Corona Rita at Chili's. Right. Think about a Corona Corona Rita with a, with a Corona floating on top where it's actually a Long Island iced tea with a Red Bull, and there you have a trash can. And you know what? It's the best pregame drink because you mm. just feel so great after you have if one. If you want to yeah. feel like trash... Get a trash can. No, yeah. you don't feel like trash. Well, feel like you trash feel the next good. day, probably. Yeah, because you're probably you're heading for a long. And night. that again is my same rule: two is enough, three is too many. That's correct. <laughs> I would even argue that two is too many, but two maybe too many depending on where you're going next. Depends maybe. on how many hot dogs you eat. True. That's true, true. too. A couple hot dogs might help you. Out. So from the pillory, I would recommend you head out of there, take a right, go up North Street. On North Street is the Spooner House. So the Spooner House is a very old house. Oh, yeah? It's a very old house. There's old houses in Plymouth? Don't know the year. My apologies. <laughs> uh, on North Street, right next to this house, actually, is the uh, Plymouth Ghost Tours shop, which if you are here and you want to take a ghost tour, I'll, I'll plug them later. They're right next to this house. So the Spooner House is reportedly haunted by the ghost of a young girl by the name of Abigail Townsend. Oh, yes. And she died, this is, you know, way back when. It's amazing how far medical technology has come. This little girl died from an abscessed tooth at the age of eight. That's really sad. So there's no record of her actually living in the house. Can you imagine how much that tooth must have hurt? Must have hurt like a motherfucker. That she died from it? Yeah. I mean, she died from the infection, Yeah, she died from the infection from the abscessed tooth. Oh, that's terrible. So there's no record of her actually living in this house, but it's possible, you know, the records weren't necessarily airtight back then, so she could have lived there at a point, could have visited there multiple times, but apparently this place is haunted by the ghost of Abigail. There have been various reports of people that live there, have gone to visit, seeing a the specter of a little girl with a swollen face either in the windows of the house or inside the house. That's scary as hell. I will say I've heard of that. And every time we go through that alleyway, that's that house, right? That's right next yep. door on the right yep. or the left, depending, I guess, yeah. which way you go. Um, I look in those windows. Most of them have a curtain on them or they're boarded up. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that this has traveled. Yeah. A pretty decent amount. That, the, like, the, people, people, the people that own it, definitely, they, they yeah. know this and they block them all. So I've, yeah, every time I do, though, I walk by and I'm like, is there an opening that I can maybe, yeah. like, peek through and see if I see this girl's face? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you kind of, yeah. when you know that, you want to see it. So I'm sure. Yeah. And that's the same in a lot of the different so, places around Plymouth, too. You, like, look for things. Of course. And you know you're not going to see them necessarily. But, I mean, maybe you will. You Someday. never know. You never know what you'll see and what you won't see. Yeah. So I think it was nine years ago at this point when we came down here oh for God, the first time, yeah, you and I, probably. we had like a date night and we went to New World. 
then we went on the Plymouth Ghost Tour. Yep. And I remember, this was the one part that stuck out in my mind, was walking down, walking by this house, and directly next to the house, there's an alleyway. I remember the stories about the alleyway. But now it's so funny because, like, we walk down that alleyway all, all the, time, the time. But, like, at that point, all we were like, oh, it's a spooky alleyway. But now, but now like, you're just so drunk now I'm just that you like, don't know what's going oh, on. whatever. But now I, do I think look about at it. That I, house. I think about like, it every time I walk down the alley. Yeah. Every time. I always look in the windows and I've never seen anything. I'm but, always kind of looking. Uh, so people have reported hearing sounds of a little girl laughing or crying inside the house. Uh, also, people have reported hearing sounds of jump rope, like skipping rope. Yeah. In the alleyway. Sure. But you can use this alleyway to cut through over onto Middle Street, which is the next street over. Uh, so we walk through there all the time. And yep. ev- like I said, every time I walk by there, I think of this. Um, another famous reported sighting for this house. So in 2005, there was a group of painters that showed up at the house to do some painting. And they knocked on the door and they were allegedly greeted by a young girl. Oh. She let them in. Uh, they walked around the house. Little girl was nowhere to be found. They thought, okay. And finally the curator came down from upstairs and told them that there was nobody else in the house and that she was alone. Painting crew immediately left the house. Sounds like these painters were painting quite a story. Mm. Or they could have been on, you know, some drugs or alcohol or whatever. But I mean, if they are painters. Do we know who it's the painters were? It's still a creepy story. Uh, no, it doesn't say. No, hmm. no it's... But that's 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 what le- legend has it that that is an actual story that took legend place. legend has it the legendary painters yeah the legend of the <laughs> painters being haunted by the small girl so if you're leaving Pillory you go up North Street you'll see this house you can take a left down the alley by to cut over to Middle Street which you should do and legend has it that if you walk through the alley and you knock on the alleyway door you will be what let in by the girl door? there's a door in where. The alleyway. In the alley. I've never knocked on no, this door. Though. No. Wait. What are you talking well, about? Done this. I, hold on. We should we, do this. I am not advocating that anybody visiting Plymouth knock on this door. I'm it's advocating private, everybody. It's privately owned. You might get oh yelled at. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Don't knock on at, the house. At least at one point there was a door in the alleyway, and the legend has it if you knock on the door, it would open. In the alleyway. In the alley. But there's no door there now. I don't know. Well, it's like the no. That, wait. Through. Are you talking about the alleyway that that goes from like? The no. only alleyway next to the yes. Spooner house that cuts over to Middle Street. Um, yeah. No, there's no door there. Okay, well, at one point there was a door, and legend had it that if you knocked on the door, it would be opened well, for you. Well, that would have been really cool if there still was a door. I agree. I wonder if we can see where the door was. I'm sure you probably can. It's not something that they can hide. Maybe it's like maybe, only, maybe it's one of those doors that like is only visible at a certain time of day when the sun is shining through a raven's eye, and you finally yeah. see Like Hamanoptera? All right, so you're going to make your way through Spooner Alley. You're going to head over onto Middle Street. All right. Once you're on Middle Street, I would recommend stopping at either the BBC, great place to play some darts, nice little hole-in-the-wall bar. Don't be an asshole there because there's lots of locals, and if you're a tourist, they'll hate you. Uh, Where? At the BBC. BBC. There's oh, also yeah. no food served. You can have yeah, a bag no of food chips. There. Maybe some yeah, no food there. Bag of chips. Bag of yeah. chips. They pour a good pint. And it's a fun place to play darts. From there, I would absolutely recommend you stop in the Speedwell Tavern. Speedwell Tavern is a great place to get food. They also have a ton of craft beer, awesome chicken wings, awesome burgers, sandwiches. Some of the great French fries. Yeah, they have a ton of different flavors. Jordan, who is a co-host on our podcast network, he hosts Bar Bar Talk. Talk. 
He runs the speed well, and it's a great place. Go there, have a pint or two before you move on to our next place. So if you walk out of Speedwell, take a left, and you head about 100 yards up the road, you're going to reach First Parish Church, which is one of the oldest churches in the country, and you're also going to come across Burial Hill Cemetery. So Burial Hill Cemetery is also one of the most haunted places in Plymouth. It has over 2,000 headstones in there, and among some of the most famous pilgrims buried there, uh, William Bradford, William and Mary Brewster, Mercy, Mercy Otis Warren, do you not, know all not those Otis people? the dog. I knew them personally, yes. No, I mean, like, they do you know friends. of all those people besides just, like, Well, most of them are named after remember... streets. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I just remember hearing about all these people when I was a kid. Yeah, like, me too. Me too. Know? But, you know, I don't remember all the exact history for all of them. Obviously, uh, Bradford is a huge name downtown in Plymouth. There was a hotel Bradford named House, after him. Bradford House. Hotel. Yeah, Bradford Street. Street. So he's there. Uh, we already talked about the Brigantine General Arnold ship. All the members that died on that ship during the Christmas Blizzard of 1778 are buried there. And there have been a lot, lots of reports of unexplained phenomena occurring at this cemetery. Uh, most common are uh, orbs, unexplained night, uh, unexplained light anomalies. Also, people have reported hearing screams, uh, sudden feelings of sickness and nausea. People have also seen full-body apparitions here, which, uh, you know, having walked through the cemetery a couple of times, I would say once at night, which was on the ghost tour, other was during the day, never seen anything like that, but uh, I didn't really, ex- I didn't exactly take photos or do EVPs or anything like that, so I know that What's people What's an have, EVP? That's when you, it's an electronic voice phenomenon, so that's when someone records audio walking through a haunted place and there's voices and like the static. You gotcha. hear it. Yeah. The white noise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Berry Hill Cemetery is a very popular spot. A lot of people go up there. Um, there's also, very interesting, and, and this I learned. So, one of the one of the uh, places I did a lot of my research for this episode was from a book that I picked up called Ghosts of Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is written by Darcy Lee, who is a local Plymouth resident. Uh, she talks about, in her book, a large tree in the cemetery that looks like it has hands in its roots. Uh, if you walk in there, you can see it. But I, I looked at the photo. I didn't necessarily see it. Maybe if I saw it in person, I'd, I'd you know, get it a little bit more. Um, but this tree is said to be possessed by a Native American spirit that watches over the cemetery. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's pretty so wild. So before the pilgrims turned this into a cemetery, one of the oldest cemeteries in the country, this was also used by the Native Americans, uh, not necessarily as a burial ground, but they were here before us. So there's a lot of history there, and you know a lot of people that probably died uh, and were buried there under good circumstances, not so good circumstances. So this is a place that's also very haunted. And if you're in Plymouth, definitely walk through and check it out if you're into that type of shit. Well, to me, a tree can enable or be part of any type of... Uh, what am I trying to say? So I don't you know, look man. at a tree. Trees are <laughs> life. They're alive. They're living... They suck up. Their life well, is given by the so earth long. around them. So they're absorbing the earth around them. So if anything's going to be haunted, I could see a tree being haunted because it's sucking up all the pain, all the death, all the bad that has been in that area that encompasses it. That's what that tree is built on. I mean, I that is that well, tree. Yeah, the, that so is the, the, the roots, the roots, the roots of an old big tree like that are probably right next to graves too. Oh yeah, oh hundred. <laughs> these dead people That's are probably exactly knocking. These roots are probably knocking on the door of the dead That's people. So the tree it's nice, of uh, death. Fertile land. Yeah. Yeah. The tree of death. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's on Burial Hill. That's right? on Burial Hill. Yeah. Burial Hill. So that is, uh, that. that's First Parish Church and Burial Hill Cemetery. Definitely check that out. Check that out. Uh, when you're done there, almost directly next door to both these places is the John Carver Inn, which we already talked about a little bit. Go in there. Look at the inside of the hotel. It's beautiful. Grab a drink. Excuse me. At the Waterfire Tavern, which is in there. They also have a hearth and kettle. If you're hungry, if you want to get some breakfast or lunch, I don't know if they do dinner. Hearth and kettle's in there. But the Waterfire Tavern's very cool. Uh, I've been there once. Had a couple of drinks. But the John Carver Inn is the most popular and, to be frank, most haunted hotel in Plymouth. It's in a beautiful location. Has a beautiful interior. We already mentioned the 80-foot replica of the Mayflower with a water slide into the pool. And the rock jacuzzi. And the rock jacuzzi. <laughs> uh, I want to go in there. Can we do that someday? We should. Really and, fun. you know, who knows? We, we, we talked about this beforehand, but maybe some maybe sometime next winter or whenever we get a chance. We can, I want to stay there. I would stay there and we, we can record Supposedly a podcast there. Supposedly the third love to floor do that. of that hotel is the most haunted. If you stay in the 300s, you're going to get some shit happening yeah that's really do that. weird why don't we do um, it this year we, we there's still time i mean it's we only could. january like part of the background of that um in was that it was built upon the land that a guy by the name of dr james thatcher he was a prominent name in plymouth at that time he'd bought some land all sorts of shit um but apparently legend has it that there was a uh, housing unit for medical students at that time, where the John Carver Inn is located, and they would do a little bit of grave robbing. Interesting. From Burial Hill, well, take steal, those steal fresh corpses, some some cadavers, mm-hmm. as one would call them, and they would, um, you know, as medical students, they would practice. Talk. But they would, um, you know, study <laughs> the anatomy of those cadavers upon that. They land. do opso- autopsies. They do Os-opsies. medical autopsies. <laughs> uh, they would do medical experiments on these freshly, uh, which fresh was corpses. very common in this well, time of, of age. I mean, if you you want to talk about one of the biggest creeps of all time, H. H. Holmes, mm-hmm. he was a medical student. He used to steal cadavers and use them to study the anatomy on them. Who's also one of the biggest serial killers of all time? Hmm. You should look at him. If you haven't learned, if you don't know anything about H.H. Holmes, I would be interested so, to check it out. House of Horrors. So, in American Horror Story Hotel, yeah, uh, Evan Peters' character, yeah, the old, the old school old school uh-huh. hotel guy, yep. was based on H.H. Holmes. Okay. Because in in his hotels, he built torture chambers, ways Ooh. to dispose of bodies. Yeah. Oh yeah, gotcha. in Chicago right. at the Great sure. Fair, the world he built yeah. a hotel at the World Fair, and he had levels, different levels of a hotel where people would get trapped and he would send in gas through the vents to asphyxiate them and kill them and then they would get lost in these traps and he would do that. He had all these pristine, uh, he made a lot of money off his skeletons. Yeah. Where did he get these skeletons from? No idea. It's creepy to think about. Wicked creepy. So there's actually, there's a a great book uh, about H.H. Holmes. It's called The Devil in the White City. And it's a fictional, historical fiction uh, story about H.H. Holmes building that hotel at the same time as the World's Fair in Chicago was being built. My main point, though, is stealing cadavers and corpses from... Bad juju. From that wasn't a big, that wasn't something that wasn't out of the norm. Right. That was done in every cell. Bad luck, though. They just want to learn more. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
That book, by the way, last I heard, was being optioned into a movie with DiCaprio attached to Star as H.H. Holmes. How there hasn't been a movie or a story Scorsese about H.H. Holmes yet is beyond me. That'd yeah. be sweet. He is the serial killer of all serial killers. He's Edgar Allan Poe as a serial killer. But you don't Actually, know. Actually, his story, no, his stories, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's stories were a big influence on H.H. Holmes. Gotcha. If you look into it. Mm-hmm. Look into it. I'm not going to prove it with any facts or statements, but I'm pretty sure. So, uh, all right. So Andrew talked about, uh, you know, what happened on the site of the John Carver Hotel before it was actually built. But in 1969, the hotel was constructed. It was originally a Holiday Inn before it was later turned into the John Carver Inn. And, you know, nowadays there have been lots of reports by hotel staff of hauntings. Specifically, the kitchen staff, where there have been reports of in the people kitchen chopping people up, people chopping people up, cutting heads off, you wow. know, all that stuff. Really? No, no, not really. Oh, I was like, uh, but there wild. have been reports of you know pots and pans being uh, lifted off of a stove or off the wall and flying across the room, crashing flying into the other side. across the room. Mm-hmm. Really, like hot? Yep. Yes. Like burning people? Yep. There's a story in in the Ghosts of Plymouth book where one of the kitchen workers was cooking eggs in the morning. And the pan had eggs in it, was lifted off the stove, and flew across the room. So this Are stuff... you sure that person didn't just have an anger problem? Uh, well, no, according to the I book, can, um, this happens. So, it doesn't have to do with Plymouth. <laughs> sure. But my early 20s, I was like 1920, yeah. I worked at Applebee's as a cook. Yep. And it was uh, the, I guess you would call it the North Weymouth location. There was one um, North you know where I, You know where Hingham Shipyard is? Yeah, yeah. You know where Margaritas used to be? I do. Okay, so that was in Applebee's at one point. Okay. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, I used to work there. It was right on Great Esker Park, mm-hmm. yep. which apparently is haunted as well, as most things are. And um, I would work as a cook. So I remember one shift, I went in in the morning, and um, it was weird there was a lot of noises happening in the kitchen a lot of clinking clanking bang 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 pans getting smashed down <clears throat> and um i just remember being very unsettled it was a very unsettling feeling i was working and i remember hearing someone from there was nobody else in there was the manager who was in the office there was me in the kitchen doing the prep work and um someone called my name no. While I was working in there. And it was, it freaked but it wasn't, me the fuck out. Like you weren't supposed to be. There was like, no, there was no one else there that said that. You just could hear it. And like, so you have your heating lamp on the top shelf where you keep all the plates and stuff to keep them warm. And some of those had fallen over, smashed. And there's just a lot of weird shit that went on in that place. Wow. So it doesn't surprise me that there's, there's spirits out there. They're there. They're. They want to be known. They want you to know that they're there. And it was, uh, it shook me to the bone. This was like 15 years ago. And I've had a few other incidents, incidents, incidents where <laughs> that type of stuff has happened where it's, you can't really explain it. And you don't know why it happened. So anytime a story comes out where there's some sort of supernatural element to me, do you think it you doesn't, have something following you or do you think that it was something? No, it's never restaurant? been following me. No, it was just in that spot. There's a lot of deaths in that area. Okay. Because I know there's some... If you look into Great Esker Park in Weymouth, there's a lot of weird shit 
very similar to, like, I lived in Hull as a child. Yeah. You know, right on the banks. Right, of, of course. Where there were forts and shit. So stuff That's happens. a lot of, yeah. Interesting. A lot of bad voodoo. Hmm. So I should have asked this at the beginning of the podcast because I actually don't know both your feelings on this. Are you both believers in the paranormal? I think so. Um... Are you a skeptic I think or are you a I, I want to not believe in it, but I feel like I, I subconsciously do. And I think that, like, I want to be like, nope, nope, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nope, nope, but there might be. Like, I think that there is definitely, like, there's things that you can't explain. Like, that's just, I mean, there's things you can't explain. I feel like I've already shown my hand. Yeah, I mean, you, I clearly yeah. believe. It's been there. It happens. I it's... mean, ghosts, though, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I, I yes and no, but I I'm think there's certain things you're... you can't explain, but so, I've never experienced so it myself, so I don't live, know. You live in this universe, this planet on Earth, and is there anything that makes sense that you can explain? Like, it all is a little bit fucking out there. Like, it makes no sense like, we shouldn't even be here. What are but we doing here? It's like, do you make that up in your head? No, or I just I, think that's a fact. Nothing about us belongs on this. But if you made it up in your head, you wouldn't, even, you wouldn't even know because it's made up in your head. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, people say that, like, there's ghosts and there's this and there's that. And it's like, well, are there? Or is it, like, more of, like, it's in your head and then you're going to just obviously preach to everybody that that's the way because that's the way you see it. Like, I mean, that's... It's I just, just think... I don't there's, know. It's... The it's world is so weird. Yeah. Everyday life is weird. Things that happen are weird. There's more weird that happens than normal. I, like, if you yeah. want to explain it, like, it's getting even weirder by the minute because we're, we we keep having the ability to investigate other solar systems and is there life on these places? And yeah, I always thought that we were going to find another solar system with a life system like us like us even close even the same and they haven't found fucking shit and there are billions upon billions upon billions of galaxies and i'm sure there is at some point they're going to find certain life but at as as it stands right now as as it stands right now we're it right there's no life to our level that we have found but so are you sure about that or is that all they're telling you the fact to the fact, the <laughs> fact that that is as it is right now, that we are the only life forms, and people have these experiences with certain spirits and souls, it all makes more sense to me because we're weird enough as it is. We shouldn't well, be here. We don't belong here. We have nothing to do with this. We don't belong on this planet. We don't eat anything that on this planet. Okay, so I I'm going to start ranting. About I don't know what you're talking you do, about. You do, but do you eat them or do you... Do Cook them, them to your I... liking. You smother it in butter. You broil it. You just don't. You don't just go outside and take a fucking root and just start well, I mean, gnawing I on it. I have like salmon sashimis or like yeah. salmon sushis, and that's but that's raw. that's a chef. That's cutting someone it up. cutting a piece of sushi yeah. for me. You don't just go raw. outside and just start eating grass off the ground. I we are the we are the one thing. In, in my opinion, we're getting things? off topic. But to me, we are the <laughs> one thing in this whole solar system, this galaxy, this life on Earth that doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. We what change. belongs then? We don't. Because we don't like anything about this. So then how did we get here? So we this got here. This is getting here. way deep. No, I no, mean, no, no. So my whole point is like that we are here. Deep? We are here now and we are 
changing everything to fit what we like. Okay. If you look at the animals mm. on this planet, a dog. If you look at the life, just life in general, a dog, a cat, it adapts a mouse. to what the world will give it. Right. We change <laughs> the earth. All right. Yep. To give it what we want. Mm-hmm. We don't just eat what we're given. We go. That's terrible. Why don't we brown it in some butter? Put oh, a little seasoning are you, on it. Are you giving things? Because I wish I was given. No, I'm not I giving don't... anything. No, I'm just saying that we, we don't just take what... If, if you're from this planet and this is what you're a part of... Right. You will take what you were given. Mm-hmm. You will benefit from it. Yeah. You won't manipulate it mm-hmm. to suit you better. So my whole point is we change everything around us. We don't really want to eat Brussels sprouts. But uh, if you cut them in half, roast them, a little garlic pepper on it, salt season it up those are some good because we've evolved but if we were no we didn't evolve yes we, we didn't did. belong here to begin with we never were from this planet so that's a whole other conversation okay, so, yeah, maybe we should not really get theories. into so now you that's sound like you sound like you sound like russ cole from a, true detective at i'm this like point. that's getting into you know yeah time is that what we were talking circle. about no, no we were, we're talking, talking about, about whether or not you're a nothing like that i think that proves that i'm a believer in the paranormal Point taken. I am. I am also. Andrew likes paranormal. Stuff. I am also a so believer. That's his answer. Uh, <laughs> I believe in ghosts. I believe in UFOs. I believe in Bigfoot. I believe in the Loch Ness monster. I so believe Mike in aliens. So Mike is a five-year-old. He also believes in Santa Claus and Krampus. I do. And Easter Bunny. All of the above. And <laughs> sign. Sign. <laughs> I'd rather. Be- fairy. I'd rather believe in something tooth, though, than believe in nothing like you, cat. But if you leave, if you uh, lose a tooth when you're our age, you're uh, spending a lot of money to get a new one. That's, right. That's absolutely right. So I've had one experience where I had something paranormal-ish happen to me. It was back when I was in college. Yeah. I was down in Newport, Rhode Island, and Newport's got a lot of interesting stuff too, dude. Even the was, um the place by Ocean Drive. Sorry to get off topic. I know I'm way off. There's a place that we used to go that was um, a solstice place that you'd go, and they had a tower that had a window that during the certain Winter, summer, solstice, I don't remember what it was, but there was a one window that it would, sh- like, the light would shine through. It was crazy. And there's another one that's down south, right? No, j- shine through, yes. But, um, no, there was there was a place, so um, we used to get, like, Panera and then go to Ocean Drive and hang out and eat lunch and, like, go to this place. And there was all these people that would do graffiti all over it. And we were all, you know, art student people, whatever, and... We went up to this place, and there was a fort. I forget the name of all this stuff. Fort but Adams? No, it wasn't Fort Adams. It was on Ocean Drive, and it was a place that you had to go through and, like, go through a fence to get there. Mm-hmm. And you went up to this tower, and the tower had a window, and the window would prove as some sort of solstice, like, tribute thing. It's... I have to do some more research on it. Maybe That's I'll talk some about secret the next... society shit right there. That's I'll weird. talk about it um, the yeah. next episode. I'll do up. a little bit of research on it. But it was really cool. Yeah. It was interesting. That's, that's yeah. cool. So I, when I was in Newport, uh, there was a group of about five of us. This was back in like 2007 or 2008. We decided we wanted to take a road trip up to Exeter, Rhode Island where there is a place called the Ladd School. That's what it's known as now, L-A-D-D. It's in Exeter, Rhode Island. 
was founded in 1908 as, listen to this politically correct name, the Rhode Island School for the Feeble-Minded. Wow, interesting. <laughs> That's the name of the, it now? That was the name of it when it was founded. But now it's... It was, it's just now called the Ladd School. Jesus, okay. Named right. after the, the founder, Dr. Joseph Ladd. So we went there, it's abandoned, and uh, I'm not saying I'm not advocating for this or saying that anybody should do this. I was young and stupid. Uh, somebody that I was with brought a crowbar and uh, broke off boards to get us into this place, and we walked around for about an hour or so. And I heard some voices and some weird shit in there that I'll never forget. That was the only paranormal-type experience that I've ever had was walking through that place, and I'll never forget it. So I was a believer before then. And that kind of continued my, uh, you know, my experience as a believer. But it was very cool. So I think at, at this point we, we were talking about the John Carver in before we get sidetracked. Yeah, we got wicked sidetracked. Uh, mentioned a lot of the reports of paranormal activity by the hotel staff. But Andrew talked about this. The, the biggest place that you can experience paranormal activity, and there's lots of stories about this, in the uh, Ghosts of Plymouth, Massachusetts book that I talked about, where guests have reported activity on the third floor, specifically reports of uh, pressure on them while they've been sleeping in their beds, being squeezed from behind while sleeping, uh, not in a rapey way, but in a ghosty way. Oh, good. Uh, rapey ways are bad. Also, TVs, faucets, and lights repeatedly turning on and off by themselves in these rooms up on the third floor. So... I'd like to hope that we're uh, we're recording an episode from a third floor hotel room of the John Carver Inn at some point. I think that would be a fantastic idea. From one of the most haunted rooms. Yeah. 309? 309 is supposedly the most haunted room, but apparently the whole third floor has experienced activity. So, from there, dear listener, if you're still in this pub crawl with us, I would recommend you head right across the street and you go down to the Jenny Gristmill, go to Lucioso's Pub, and get a couple of beers there. It's one of our favorite locations. It's our watering hole. At this point, after all these drinks and all this beach time, you're probably hungry. Get a pizza. Their pizza is friggin' delicious. And, if you're feeling adventurous after that, there's one more place you could go that I would recommend. And I wouldn't recommend driving at this point if you've or had all walking. these drinks or walking. <laughs> Take an Uber over to Cordage Park, which is in North Plymouth. So Cordage Park, when you get there, it's a beautiful structure now. They have apartments. They have a uh, MBTA station for the commuter rail there. There's a couple of restaurants and bars. There's uh, a, an outpost for Quincy College there. There's a winery all kinds of stuff. But at one point, this was the world's largest rope manufacturing plant. It was oh. founded in uh, 1824. You don't know what cordage means? Um, no, he's a rope plant, not yeah. what cordage what, what is. What is cordage? Oh, that's rope. So I mean, I it guess. means something, something like it's rope. It's cords gotcha. of rope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Make me feel rope. like an idiot, you asshole. So it makes See, sense. See, this is Andrew the asshole. Perfect. It has, image it, it, especially right it has to do with ships. Oh, you don't know what cordage, cordage means? Oh, great. Thank you. Yep. All right. All right. Sorry. I didn't know what cordage means. So it's a rope means. plant. So yeah. while you're there. I get there, it. Like, I get it now. Thanks. While you're there, a couple, a couple of things that you so want to. So good looking. Post up at the Black Raspberry Pub, which is there. Uh, if you can get bar seats, because it's always fucking slammed. It's always packed. But All the food awesome. there is Their great. Food's great. Their great pizza, are great. sandwiches, they have kino. everything's good. They have kino. They have a whole parking lot. They always have live music, and it's one of our favorite places. Sugar Bears there on Friday. A couple things to think about while you're at Cordage Park. So out back, 
and while you're at the Black Raspberry, excuse me. Uh, there are the train tracks, which I mentioned, which now belong to the MBTA. But at the point where it was a rope factory, the trains transported all of the rope and the employees across the property to and from various points. Okay, So there was a point where these were exclusively used for transporting employees, and they're haunted because there were a number of people that were actually killed. The train tracks? On those train tracks. So, funny thing, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't know that me and Mike are married yet, but... You gotta um, talk louder. No, we kind of talk a lot yeah. anyway, but we, we reference a lot of things. So, um, we had our engagement pictures on those train tracks. <laughs> we did. We actually... That explains the, the, one, the one that we... Uh, <laughs> The one that we, we used on our uh, on Save the Dates was tracks. us sitting in the middle of those train tracks. There were no trains coming, obviously, but we were there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm. I guess if you had to redo it. I don't think I would. I think that's might pretty interesting. Use some cordage to tie Cat down on the train tracks. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, cordage mm. park. Cordage train tracks. So, park. related to those train tracks, and I'm, I'm quoting directly from uh, Ghosts of Plymouth. By Darcy Lee. In case you were wondering, the yep. nerd has a book. Yes, I do. Yes. Yep. So nerd. This nerd is, alert. This is a nerd di- alert. This is a direct quote from the owner of Cordage Park, okay? Okay. There have been a few people killed here when it was the rope factory. This is an industrial railroad tunnel with underground tracks. There were once eight locomotives that powered 40 flat, car- 40 flat cars over five miles of tracks here at Cordage. Raw materials were transported from the docks to the mills, and the finished product was transported to the warehouses. Here at Cordage, they had a double track system. When the trains were set to enter the tunnel, one of the men would have to go down into it first to make sure it was clear. Allegedly, at the time of this person being killed, the engineer was drunk. I don't know, but this particular time, one of the men sent to check for the train was hit by another train and killed in the tunnel. Shit. That's one of many deaths that have been reported in those train tracks down there. So... If you're there in the summertime, there's also another place out back called Stack Shack. The Stack Shack. You can see the train tracks and the harbor from there. It's right on the water. It's beautiful. But think about that while you're there. <laughs> yeah, think about that while you're there. Don't Perhaps, enjoy your burger and, like, yeah. oysters and wine. Think about, like, all the massacres mm-hmm. that have heard, like, been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Right. So even darker than that. Back in the 90s, at Cordage Park, when this was still in its transitional phase, there was a serial killer, or a serial abductor, that operated out of Cordage Park. Had either of you guys heard about this before? No. Murder? No, I haven't. Has he been caught? So, he was caught. He was caught. And for this, I'm also reading directly from this book. Okay? There he goes. Who wrote this book, by the way? Darcy Lee is her name. Great. In 1992, Harris Hall, which is a part of Cordage Park, was in a was an abandoned warehouse called Building 385R. It was connected by an enclosed walkway to the office building on Court Street. It was also the scene of a horrible crime. Twice convicted rapist Michael Kelly spelt, spent 13 years in prison before being declared quote not sexually dangerous and re-released into the general public in 1991. Just months later, he became a murderer. According to court documents, Kelly obtained employment through a program sponsored by the Department of Medical Health of Massachusetts at a sign company situated next door to the residence. 
On April 13, 92, approximately five months after Kelly had been paroled, he killed his first victim. In September 1994, Kelly pleaded guilty to murder in the first degree. Kelly trolled for victims near where he was assigned painter on the northwest cornage, northwest corner of Cordage property. His ruse was simple. Offer women seeking employment at the state office the prospect of a job, trap them, and kill them. He met his victims on the granite steps outside of Cordage Park. Kelly tried to lure at least eight women with the promise of a job while sitting on those granite steps. He succeeded in abducting and murdering two of them. Tragically, the victims' remains were found in 385R, the former Harris Hall of Cordage Park, and in his backyard of nearby Pembroke, Massachusetts. I know it's a long ex excerpt from that book. I had no fucking clue no, that I that happened either. there. And that what is was wild. The, what was the so group that he was released creepy. to? That was, what was that group that released him? The group that released him? Yeah, they put him in some sort of... Uh... Alright, so that's all I have for Haunted Plymouth. You guys have any final thoughts on anything haunted downtown? Anything that we've talked about? I think sometimes when you're at the New World Tavern and you're looking out the windows, those hippies are real. That are across the street. The hippies are scary across the street. And they're scary, the but uh, they're real. Yeah. They're not ghosts. Yeah, they're, they're there. <laughs> they're there. They're there. <laughs> hippies are, in fact, scary. Get lost, hippies. Andrew, anything? I think at the time when you least expect it, if you only would just accept it, Something happens, and then boom, bang, there's ghosts, and they come out of nowhere. I was trying to be poetic, but I couldn't think. Words, yeah, that was awful. Words, was good start. Was good start. words to live by. It was good start. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah a good Bad thought ending. that didn't actually finish your thought. I'll finish so. it up later. Put it Sorry. on the blog. All right. on yeah, the put it on the blog. Yeah. The website, yeah. right? we got a website, right? We will website? have a website the next Can episode. Can you announce the name nope, of the website? Nope, nope, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Nope, nope, nope. All right, so if you're interested in, in you know some of the stories that we talked about on here, you can find it in various places. The first one of which I would recommend, uh, so Andy from Inebriart, who had us on his podcast last week, uh, he actually interviewed Darcy Lee on the Inebriart podcast back in 2017. If you search for it wherever you listen to your podcast, you will find it. Just search Darcy Lee. It's on there. We also bought Darcy Lee's book from Windermere downtown, and we read through that. It's a very quick read. I read about three-quarters of it in an hour today uh, for research. It's the first time I've bought a book for research, I think, since college, not just for pleasure. So that was fun, but it was a good read. Uh, learned a lot about the history of Plymouth that I hadn't really known before, even though I've lived here for nine years. Last one I'll recommend to you guys is if you are here in Plymouth and you want to hear more about some of these places that we talked about, you want to see some of them without actually doing a bar crawl and being a degenerate alcoholic like some of us, go to the Dead of Night Ghost Tours of Plymouth. They are located on North Street, directly next to the Spooner House, and they do two-hour walking tours, which Catherine and I took. Yeah, it was they awesome. They take you through all of the places. They give you a little personalized storytelling uh, the groups are generally pretty small. When we actually did it, everybody else canceled, and it was just Kat and I and the tour guide, so it was extra creepy because it was just the three of us. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend checking that out. If you're in Plymouth, learn everything you can about some of the history because it's one of the oldest places in the country. There's really nowhere else like it. 
Finally, here's where you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hometown Horror, on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. You can also email us, give us your thoughts, hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike. I am joined by... My name is Andrew. And And my name is Kurt. Thanks again, guys. (laughs) Have a great day. See you in hell. Peace. Thanks for listening, and if you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, you can check out the other podcasts on the Art Podcast Network. We have Retro Redoctopus, we have America's Hometown Horror, Bar Talk, Old Colony Cast, and of course Inebriart. So you can check those out wherever podcasts are found, like, comment, and subscribe so we can reach more listeners, and thanks for listening.